0: Today on The Xander Effect, director, producer, and writer Terrence Patterson talks with me a little bit about his upcoming project, Half Past Jump Time, and how he came up with this very interesting concept. All this plus today in entertainment, sports, and video games starts right now. Live it up! Talking not
1: that up a maestro More like that lizard from Guy Geico When I lick 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 you go psycho Downtown I'm more famous than Michael My game I gave it to Tycho Gene Simmons of my time Whoa got my control Dime control Up to your spine and back down to your toes Melt you look mama like of Mode
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special weekday edition of The Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. In entertainment news, the 92nd annual Oscars was held. And uh, it was actually welcomed with very, very poor ratings, according to what ABC uh, says. And it, it seems that um, the ratings keep on going down every year for some reason. And, and of course, this year, no host yet again uh, for the Oscars. So that maybe had something to do with it. There could be so many things that are going on right now, especially with social media and everybody having access to different kinds of uh, different kinds of news and things like that. Maybe it seems that society is becoming a little desensitized of an award show that a lot of people believe to be fixed or believe to be unfair to a lot of other movies. But this year's, uh, this year's, I, the, in my opinion, I think that the Oscars are actually improving a lot in the way that they're, they, they are choosing. I was completely shocked at, uh, at this year's, uh, this year's picks and who got, who got, uh, who got awards this year, because to be honest, it was just amazing. It was an amazing, uh, switch from the typical you know movies that you would think okay this movie's definitely going to get an award or this other movie's going to get definitely an award i mean and it it was it blew me away. I was very, very happy with with uh, the choices that were made for award winners. Um, you know, we have Joaquin Phoenix that got Best Actor for uh, for The Joker. Uh, you have uh, Renee Zellweger that got Best Actress for the movie Judy. Um, but the the sh- the most shocking one was that uh, Best Director went to uh, Winter Korean uh, director Bong Joon Ho. He got best director for the movie Parasite, but not only that, he also got best um, best um, uh, international movie, and he got the biggest award of the night, which is best film of all time. Parasite got went away with the award, so. Honestly, it's it's a huge switch in pace. It, it shows progress. It shows evolution that no longer is Hollywood just looking here in the States for the best movies. They're now broadening the horizons internationally and not just holding a, a movie uh, that has subtitles on it, just in the international category. They're actually seeing this and saying, hey, this movie is actually really good. Even if it has subtitles, so many people loved it. Let's get, let's you know, they earned that award. So so happy that they did that. Very very uh, very happy for everybody involved in the movie *Parasite*. Again, the Oscars surprised me, but what was surprising again was the low ratings. So hopefully that'll go ahead and change you know next year in other entertainment news another thing that many people were criticizing and were very upset about was during the uh, the the um the memoriam of a lot of a lot of people that we lost producers actors directors etc well first of all in my opinion it went by really fast like they were just shooting pictures of people that have passed the in 2019 and it was so fast it was like it barely gave us enough time to actually see who they were and what they did um, and a lot of a lot of uh, fans are actually upset that Luke Perry was not included in the memoriam which in in essence I have to agree with that because Luke Perry was in a few movies in the theaters and he wasn't given the props that he was given he was an icon in the entertainment industry and yet he was left out of the memoriam that's actually something that was very unfortunate and overlooked by the oscars so they need to somehow make it up but then again this isn't the first time that the oscars have that the oscar committee has overlooked somebody uh, in the memoriam there was a, there was another incident as well there's been a couple of incidents where they overlook somebody. I don't think they do it on purpose. I think that it's because there's so many people, unfortunately, that pass away that they're trying to get as many people as possible in there. That's just my opinion. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But one thing's for sure that the the, the fan base of Luke Perry's and, and everybody around that went to Twitter and were just very incredibly upset at the disrespect that the Perry family received last night at the Oscars. In other entertainment news, Captain Marvel two is already begun begun to be filmed, and there's been rumors around, mainly by Mike Sutton. And Mike Sutton is a pretty reliable sourcing, as that Mike Sutton predicted that Spider Man would make an appearance in Civil War. He predicted that Black Panther would also make an appearance. He's been pretty on point with a lot of these predictions. The next prediction that he, the next rumor that he's been spinning out there right now is that. Captain Marvel's nemesis in part 2 is going to end up being Rogue of the X-Men. Now, this will be the first MCU character doing a crossover since since uh since Disney went ahead and and grabbed the rights and everything. So that's going to actually be pretty cool to see. According to rumor, it seems that uh, that Rogue is a part of some sort of renegade mutant squad or something like that that she's the leader of. And I guess she goes up against Captain Marvel. Who knows? But that's going to actually be really, really cool to watch, especially since Rogue has these crazy abilities that if, you, that if she touches somebody, she gets their power. How's that going to be for Captain Marvel if Rogue grabs her? And takes her power. That'll be freaking crazy. But what's really awesome is if this, if this rumor actually is true and it does happen, that means that the gateways have officially been opened and the X-Men are about to go ahead and collide with members of the Avengers. That should be really awesome. I wish, I wish that uh, that Logan would come back. That Hugh Jackman would reprise his role as the Wolverine, because that would be an awesome character to have among in that MCU MCU universe. Uh, another character that they will not be including will be will be Magneto, because apparently that's been overplayed and done with. So Magneto won't be on there too. So we'll see what happens in the near future with the MCU and with X Men, Marvels, everything. It, it should be really cool now that this merger happened to see a lot of our favorites, Come together and either become friends or become very, very bitter rivals. We'll see how it goes. In other entertainment news, I had the opportunity to uh, interview an up-and-coming director by the name of Terrence Patterson, and he has a very unique, uh, a very unique uh, series that that he's that he's trying to build. It's called Half Past Jump Time, and this. Movie is very fascinating because it takes place in the 1920s and then crosses over to today via some sort of a time machine, time portal thing. So it's a very fascinating concept. Check out the interview. So on The Xander Effect, I have a director and writer, Terrence Patterson, and producer. How are you doing today, Terrence?
1: Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Hey, my pleasure having you here. And right now you're in New York, right? You're not even in, in L.A.?
1: Yeah, correct man. Yeah, it's rainy and a little cold and windy here, but yeah, it, you know, it's New York weather.
0: Sounds like <laughs> us actually we're getting the t- we're getting New York weather as well. Our our winds have been bananas over here we've had like 30 t- 32 mile an hour winds with 52 mile an hour gusts wow like it's been nuts over here these past. we had hail yesterday actually yeah I we had remember.
1: gale. we had gale wind yesterday so it was getting up in the you know 40s and 50 mile per hour winds yeah like
0: freaking yeah. bananas but we're not here to talk about the weather we're here to <laughs> talk about your uh up and coming project called half past jump time Correct. And uh, Correct. This, this series, I actually got to watch a couple of the episodes that you have going on. And they're, they're very interesting. It's a very interesting concept uh, mm-hmm. that, I've, that I've watched. But I've, I'm not going to go ahead and talk, uh, tell, tell the audience about it. I want you to go ahead and tell us about <laughs> what Half Past Jump Time is all about.
1: OK. Um, in a nutshell, Half Past Jump Time are probably part three different things. Uh, Harlem Renaissance, because the time traveler, the main character is from that era uh sci-fi of course because of the time travel itself and then there's a huge element of uh hip hop dance which comes through um a character who is the niece of the time traveler and she lives in contemporary new york
0: harriet yes i saw i saw that harriet she's the one that lives in the 1920s correct uh, and she's the one that jumps uh, uh from the past to the future correct and from what i gather it seems that she's trying to convince her niece to go back into the 1920s to help her speakeasy. Am I correct?
1: Correct. Yeah, it's uh, falling on bad times. And even though she's a time traveler and she probably could uh, rob a bank or do something like that, she's got pretty much an honest person. So this is an idea for her to reconnect with her family who she had to leave probably like 120 years ago, 100 years ago. And also for her niece who she's been watching, who doesn't know that she's being watched, that uh, she's trying to make it in New York and it's just not happening. So she said, hey, I need some help she comes back and she sees, you know, comes forward to uh, 2020 and sees hip hop dancing. And she's like, hey, I could use that in my club. Like that's something no one's ever seen. And all three of those things are three loves of mine. Like the Harlem Renaissance, of course, it's just one of those eras that everybody has to gravitate and kind of relate to, sci-fi of course, and then hip hop. So all three of those things kind of came with this project.
0: And you know what? I have to actually relate a little bit too, because to be honest with you, the 1920s was my favorite era. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why. I just, I love the fashion. I yeah. love the the music. I love, I loved everything about the 20s. I mean, my family says that I'm the reincarnated version of my grandfather. Okay. A lot of, because he grew up in that era. And so yeah. like, I love that era. It's weird because, yeah, yeah, I just, I just love everything about it. The, the style, especially the style. I love exactly. it. Exactly. That's something that always interested me. But Here, here's the thing. Like, what, what I'm wondering about, um, because, because I was watching it, and they have access to time traveling technology. How did Harriet? Because, from, because it's a little vague. It's a little vague. Yeah, and that was
1: intentional. That was intentional to get the audience.
0: Like, you have people get hooked as to (laughs) who are these two women? Who's the this council they're talking about? Yeah, that's a big thing. You know, and (laughs) and and how did they get this technology? Because obviously these two women are not from the 1920s. They're from another, I'm assuming they're from another time altogether because obviously in the 1920s, no one actually, you know, had um, that technology to begin with. So I'm correct, kind of wondering correct. where these women are from. I mean, can okay. you get a little light on that? Sure, sure. Um, and you know what, as I was... Of course, without, of, of, course, of course, without n- not giving too much know, away, any
1: Okay, <laughs> all right. So this is how I'll... Tell you and not give too much away. Okay, so the sci-fi comes from the council, as you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are part of a ancient Nubian uh, society where this ring originally originated from, and Harriet is a part of a bloodline of some people who did some really bad things, and now in order for them to kind of have to pay for their crimes, her, their family is I wouldn't say cursed. maybe curse or blessed with this ring that can open time portals and allow them to kind of manipulate time. So that's where that comes from. It's from, it, 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 let's say it's basically kind of like some of that Stargate technology. You remember the show yes, Stargate? Yes, of course. It's kind of like that. And I also wanted to you, utilize, uh, I love anime, uh, Inuyasha, uh, Barato, Naruto, all of that. So, you know, what? they have a lot of um animes where there's these inanimate objects, rings, swords, whatever, that have a ton of power. So I kind of wanted to borrow that for my story. So that's where the ring came in. Uh, When Harry was much younger and she lived in the South, she uh, kept hearing these voices calling her and and essentially was the ring. But I don't want to give away too much more, but the council kind of dictates what she can do with the ring. And they are part of an ancient Nubian kind of uh society so
0: so are you going to elaborate more on because obviously this technology um is ancient that, right. that much you you explained but right. is it of this earth or is it
1: is it's from somewhere else it's from oh. alien uh, technology, so to speak. So, yeah, ah, that's okay, where I came so, yeah. so,
0: Okay, so, yeah, so it is it is very similar. Yeah, to
1: I want to do, do a specific episode just on that. You have no idea how bad I want to do an episode just on that, just the, the backstories of how she got the ring. So, yeah, so that's a big, and I'm glad you asked that question because uh, when you watch it, you're kind of like, okay, 1920, she's in to speaking. How does she get this technology? This kind of kind of came out of nowhere. But episodes, uh, the rest of the episodes uh, for the season that I've written for season one uh, we'll explain a lot
0: of that. Excellent. Okay, yeah. so we have we have the sci-fi portion of it. Well, right. actually, one one other thing in the following episodes, are there going to be any? Are do these ladies uh, from from you know that have this 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 mm-hmm. technology? Mm-hmm. Are there rivals?
1: Yes, there are. There yeah, are there there's a modern day. Thing. Yeah, there's a modern day rival. Uh, this council kind of has this uh, society of time travelers who are kind of spaced out every hundred years or so to keep things in check because some of them have gone awry and did things to their own benefit and messed up timelines. So kind of part of her job as a time traveler is to uh, go back and fix some things. So uh, she wants to visit modern day New York, but there's already a time traveler here. He has, inti- he has intimate domain of, of, imminent domain over everything. So yeah, that's her nemesis when she comes back. And so it's like an infraction of the rules and he, but we'll see.
0: Well, you'll see Get well, in a couple yeah, and that's, episodes. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, that's what I'm sure that they were talking about in the first episode. Yes, yes. I, I heard that, that he they comes, were talking about in that first episode.
1: Correct. And they come back. All of that kind of three, episodes three, four, and five, well, you'll see a lot of that come through. A lot of the questions that you have, you'll see those in those episodes.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So we, we got the sci-fi portion out of the way. I remember, yeah. uh, I remember also reading that a lot of uh, the things, the concepts of the 1920s came from your grandmother, from stories correct. that your grandmother.
1: Correct. Yeah. In relation to, like you said, your grandfather, you know, living in that time period. She actually lived through that time period as well. She grew up in the Midwest, uh, lived in Chicago for a minute, and then had like a lot of people uh just had this calling to come to New York. It was just one of those things. She didn't live here for very long. She was here for probably a year, uh, met my grandfather, and then she as I was a kid and visiting her, she lived in Jacksonville, Florida. I lived in Daytona Beach, so we would go visit quite often. It's only an hour away, so me being the inquisitive kid that I was, I would just start asking her questions. Like, you know, it's funny how you, forget that your grandparents were once young at one point in time. So she would start telling me stories about her childhood. I said, well, you're in your 20s. How did you meet, you know, a grandfather? And then she started telling me these stories. And as a kid, I still remember some of these stories. Not a lot of specifics, uh, but just the fact that she went to some speakeasies, and she met a lot of interesting people, and she said she would never forget these people. So and then I guess in that essence, I'm living that on through her, and I want to tell these stories. So a lot of it is going to be a lot of research that I've done at the Schaumburg Research Center in New York, Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it is my mother's, my grandmother's story. So a lot of the impetus of a lot of this comes from her.
0: So is this something that you always wanted to be? You always wanted to be a writer, uh, a director or anything, or or, or, or something that just fell on your lap one day and you're like, hey, this is a good idea. Let me go ahead and elaborate more on this and then go from here.
1: Sure. Um, Partly that is true, that it just kind of came out of nowhere. But what really happened was uh, I moved here from Atlanta. I gave myself a year. I was going to go to Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to college there. I graduated with a degree in, in economics, and then I was going to go to law school. But I wanted to give myself a couple of years in New York just to see what would happen. Um, I happened to meet some people, of course, meet a lot of creative people here. And then I started to see, hey, there's people making a living <laughs> doing creative stuff, because I kind of grew up in the household where you go to college, you do law school, medical, teacher, whatever it is, something professional where there's a guarantee. what they call a quote unquote, you know, good job, a good profession uh, where there's security. But when I got here, uh, after a year, I kind of let law school thoughts kind of go away. I started to, uh, produce off Broadway plays, Mm -hmm. um, and started to actually take acting classes myself at HB studios in Chelsea many, many years ago. Um, and I, uh, Started to produce a play and- newlyweds,
0: The Newlyweds, right? The, the Newlyweds, newlyweds. correct, yeah.
1: With a former producer of mine, uh, Beverly Roscoe Simmons. Um, she's unfortunate, she passed away, but I worked with her for many years and she was an NYU grad and she kind of just sparked this thing and that we could really do this. So we started pitching movies, uh, calling NBA agents. I had a day job in a law firm. So I was running downstairs to my coffee breaks, talking to NBA agents, trying to get money for movies. Mm-hmm. Um, just didn't wasn't happening, so we converted to a play. Um, And then after probably almost seven years or so, I opened up my own company, Paragon Multimedia, which is uh, my own content creation firm and uh, half past jump time is the first project. So that's how I got into it uh, in a short story. Yeah. Law school stopped that. And then I wanted to be an actor and I realized I was a much better producer
0: writer. Wow. That's awesome. Well, that's yeah. that's definitely, that's definitely like, once you find your niche, you just keep on <laughs> continue on with your niche, whatever you're correct. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. I had to
1: creative yeah, the creative bug bit me in and, and, you know, in New York and LA, you know, it's just there. Like if you are, you have so much opportunity, you might as well take care of it. I mean, take, you know, take advantage of it. And with, uh, Online now, I don't have any barriers to, to. I can create anything I want. There's really no barriers. I mean, outside of funding, like a lot of people with yeah, somebody So, so it's a tough
0: part. That's the tough <laughs> so part.
1: Money will. I mean, the funding part will never go away, but the opportunity to do anything creative you want now, you can do it now. There's no reason why you can't do it. You may have to pare it down a little bit because of bu- budget constraints, but other than that, the online you can do anything.
0: No, I totally agree with that. Yes. So some of these characters uh, in Half Past Jump Time, uh,
1: mm-hmm. for example,
0: Harriet, is yes. she is she inspired by your grandmother at all?
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. She's inspired by my grandmother. Just, you know, just the, the way that she lived, moves through the world as a woman, as a black woman in the world. She kind of, she definitely was an influence on her. Um, as far as her style of dress. And I would see, you know, old pictures of my grandmother. She was just, you know, anyone in 1920s, they, this looks so glamorous. It's like, I don't understand how everyone in every picture can look so good. And like you said, the fashion of the times. Uh, so a lot of that uh, was informed by my, my grandmother. Like the story, Harriet is definitely an embodiment of her, uh, but also my lead actress. Um, I was going to ask about
0: your lead actress. Yeah, Charlotte oh.
1: Hamilton Robinson. She was, she worked uh, actually with newlyweds with me for like a decade. So that's how, and she was the inspiration uh, really when I was, casting the character i only thought of her because i just worked with her i know she would have the nuances that i needed for the character and she was perfect for it and she was she actually helps me produce it as well so she's been a powerhouse as far as that concerned i do think that if it wasn't for her i probably wouldn't get a lot of this done and my choreographer yeah and my choreographer too michael he's, he's doing a really really good job and he's a producer as well
0: Nice. No, that's awesome. And, and, and so that's, so that's for the, the, the characters of the past. What about the characters of the present? How, who Yeah, are you inspired yeah. inspired by?
1: That is uh, inspired by, um, I used to have a, well, this is another whole story. Probably have another interview on this, but <laughs> this is, I, I had a rap label many, many years ago when I was actually at the law firm and I was doing film. And also I had a small rap label, a uh, record label, m- mostly rap artists. Um, And it was just interesting. Uh, They were like a few years younger than me. And just interesting to hear their stories of how they are going through life at their age. And I wasn't that much older, but a little bit older. Um, And just the things that they were talking about, I'm like, wow, things never change. Like, it's like the same things that I was going through, they're still going through. Just Mm -hmm. trying to make it in New York or in LA, or you could be in Austin, Texas, or you could be in Anchorage, Alaska. Like, it's hard to just put aside what conventional thought is and, and try to live your dream. So I've always been, you know, that's always been a part of who I am living in New York. So I just wanted to manifest that in these three characters. Um, and I want to explore that. Um, and a lot of the stories basically just juxtaposing uh, 1920s life with contemporary. It's really the impetus, another impetus of the story. Uh, like my grandmother's life as a, you know, as a 20-year-old something. And then their lives as 20-year-old somethings now, 100 years later. And just kind of see if some of the social dynamics have changed. A lot of the isms via sexism, racism, uh, anything of that nature, economic stature, uh, just a lot of things. Uh, Just how society, um, the thought process of 1920s, not saying it's a mob mentality, but there's a certain way people live in the 1920s and I see a lot of that replicated now uh, with this whole influx of money uh, that is separating classes. (laughs) I mean, it's funny how history repeats itself and that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to do the show with these young people living their lives and Harriet being in the 1920s, and how we're going to juxtapose, you know, things have changed or have they changed? Have they not changed?
0: So you've so you're including obviously like you're including a lot of mu- a lot of music in this, a lot of dance in this as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's a lot of dance. I have a great choreographer, uh, Michael Bishop. He's really, really good. Um, He's currently a, a creative director uh, for a ballet company, uh, but he also does a lot of hip hop, and he is in that world, um, and he's, you know, in his 20s. So it kind of just made sense <laughs> for that. So a lot of it definitely is dance, but I want to incorporate all kinds of dance, not just hip hop dancing. It could be uh, a salsa, it could be something, a dance from Bossa Nova, it could be anything, ballet, it could be uh, Bollywood dancing, because we can bring anything back. That's the luxury of this show. Uh, bringing contemporary times back to 1920s, I have a lot of license to kind of do a lot of things, and it'd still be okay it makes sense in the story. So
0: yeah. So so you got so you got this project going on. Are are you just focusing on this, or do you have other projects in the works right now as well?
1: Yeah, I got a couple more. I have one that's um, kind of a it's another sci-fi project, but it's more of an anime project. It's uh, about a intergalactic uh, spy who crash lands her ship in Brooklyn, and she uh, has some superpowers, and she. Kind of, when she gets here, she infects some women, and with because she's from out of space and you know an extraterrestrial, so to speak. But she does look human. She's sentient in that respect. Uh, but she affects these women, and how they—they're uh, super. They're, they're normal. They're normal people but now. They have superpowers, based because they they met with her, and something from her is emanating that makes them you know, superheroes. Uh, and a lot of it actually, the story it didn't have a point of view. I just had that idea, that shell. Um, but now that I've been reading a lot about a lot of, um, there's this thing about a lot of missing young women who are of color, uh, Latino and black women. Um, there's been this number of like 64,000 women who've, been, who've disappeared, uh, being, you know, some hopefully, un, you know, unfortunately trafficking or whatever the case may be. Um, it doesn't seem to be anybody addressing this problem. So when I thought about this story, I was like, wow, she can crash land and try to address this issue. Maybe it is about her trying to find these 64,000 women. And it just kind of lends itself to that story. Uh, that's an anime. I'm trying to get that out of production. The second one is a uh, web series called The Shoe Game, which is uh, based on uh, a pitch that I gave to my uh, Beverly Roscoe Simmons, who uh, did the newlyweds and uh, worked for her a, a little bit. A uh, pitch to her, she had a, love affair with, with, you know, with shoes, you know, shoes, so to speak, and I like, you know, a lot of sneakers, like, that's just my thing, like, I just have a nice, so we, she gave me a challenge once, she was like, you have this thing about shoes, I have this thing about shoes, I want you to come up with a story that makes sense about people's, essentially about what it feels like to walk in other people's shoes. I won't give too much away, but it's going to be an episodic show, Um, and I won't, I don't want to give too much away, but that's another story that I have as well. Um, and then I have another really small story that's really, really in pre-production, just to show up a story uh, about a family of, uh, they're young, they're about in their 20s, and they have all been adopted by uh, a loving mother and uh, a guy who used to work for the CIA, but they're, they're not who they say they are, their wife and their mother. And they kind of utilize these kids to kind of do some bad things for them. So that's kind of another story that I have. But I have a couple more, but it's always good. Right now it's about, creating content, but I want it to be quality. So I can push these stories out, but I just want to make sure they're in the right space that they need to be in uh, and be casted well and just have great people in front of the camera and behind the camera.
0: No, that's absolutely the that's absolutely the, the, the most important thing when it comes yeah. to creating. So are you uh are you mainly just focused on on actual episodics or are you also kind of going back to like doing plays as well? Are you doing both? Um I might
1: episodes? do both because you know what what could be a good spin off for my uh, half past jump time could just be uh a off Broadway show an evening with Harriet, which could be you know, whilst introducing, you know, hip hop to 1920s and kind of have a cabaret kind of thing. So I've been thinking about that as well. Um, Because I think, you know, now with a lot of content, if you can get different revenue streams from it and it makes sense, then I think you should do it. Because uh, right now it's not as lucrative as it could be to make content and and be able to, you know, just that be your only job. Um, So I'm just trying to get to a point where we uh, have sponsors and maybe some product placement so we can start doing bigger projects and, you know, put out more content more steadily.
0: Yeah. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, Terrence, you know, I mean, I I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing half past jump time, you know, because get more and more episodes out there because the first two episodes kind of left me wondering, asking questions. (laughs) Like I'm sure many people that have seen it have also asked so many questions as well. So I hope that I, I sincerely hope that uh, more episodes are, are filmed uh, yeah. and, and post it so that way we can go ahead and right. you know, get some of those questions answered.
1: We are actually going to be doing a crowdfunding with, uh, in seven days. We're going to start for, the, for Black History Month. So it kind of ties in with the Harlem Renaissance and Black History Month. So we're going to start that in seven days. So um, that's the goal, man. We just want to make more episodes and give our audience what they're... I've got a lot of people saying, hey, I want more episodes. Like I, I have so many questions about what's going on and I want to be able to do that, but of course funding. But I will make it happen out of the way.
0: Yeah, you left you left me with some questions, so I had to next myself. So Right,
1: right. And I appreciate it, man. I do. I appreciate it.
0: No worries. Well, Terence, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect and giving us a little insight on half-past jump time. Looking thank forward you. to seeing what happens next with it.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, take care. Okay, you too.
0: Thanks so much, Terrence, for being on the Xander Effect. Hope to see you again very soon. In sports, Philip Rivers says goodbye to Los Angeles as the the quarterback has become a free agent and he will not be returning to uh, the Chargers this year. The uh, quarterback decided to say goodbye after there have been talks that basically he's it's time for him to move forward. Apparently, and after being in six after sixteen seasons with the Chargers. It seems that Philip Rivers has just said, you know what? I've had it. Time to move on. Time to, like, you know, look at more avenues. More power to him. I mean, the Chargers have come very close to many uh, many playoffs, many Super Bowls, but they've never been able to actually close the deal. So this could give Los Angeles an opportunity to maybe cash in on another, another QB, see what kind of luck they would have with a different QB, with a different style of quarterbacking. And, uh, I mean, as far as L.A. is concerned, some are happy he's leaving. Some are actually pretty, like, What now? (laughs) Are we going to be a sucky team? What's going on? So it should be interesting to find out who the Chargers are going to talk to to replace Phillip Rivers now that he's leaving. So we'll see what happens with that. In other sports news, now this right here that I'm about to say is actually something that is very interesting because apparently it seems that Michael Irving had a conversation with certain members of uh, well, certain members of of the Cowboys staff, I guess you might say, and apparently it seems that they, there's talks that Tom Brady might they might offer Tom Brady uh, Pre, uh, Dak Prescott's position as QB in Dallas. Could you imagine that? I mean, Tom Brady going to Dallas that's that's insane. Uh, it's, it's something that's crazy, but apparently, uh, uh, Irving uh, said this, uh, in a statement, he said, the people that I had conversations with, uh, with were leaning in that same direction of Dallas pursuing Brady. It was shocking. I promise you, I had a conversation with people. I can't tell you who about the same scenario going down now. He basically elaborates and says that it's not Jerry Jones. It's not he didn't talk, speak to Jerry Jones, but it, it it was with people that have influence over trading and and um, and negotiating uh, as far as the team is concerned. So if these people that are that are involved in this are saying this, then you never know. We may actually see Tom Brady play for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean. That's weird, you know. I mean, that that would just be weird because Brady's been with 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 the Patriots for years, and to see him jump ship in his last few years as a footballer. Because I mean, there have been rumors Brady has been toying with the idea of retirement for a long time now. He's at that age where pretty much he's he needs to re- he he should be retiring. I mean, he's getting up there in age. So is a lot, so are a lot of other players. As I, as in my past episodes, I've talked with uh, my friend Jeremy Miller about this. You have you have um, you have Tom Brady that's getting up there in age. You have Aaron Rodgers that's getting up there in age. I mean, you have Drew Brees these guys have done have cemented incredible legacies for their teams and it's just something that you know unfortunately we all have to go through we all get older we all have to like move on with our careers and move on with our lives and give room for the new generation the younger generation to so that way they could stamp their legacies on you know in the ongoing seasons but for brady to leave new england in the last few years of his career or maybe even his last year of his career, that's kind of a little bit of a slap in the face to Boston because these guys idolize the guy, you know? And if he decides to leave suddenly for Dallas, that's going to be so bad because it's the, it's almost like the same thing would happened with Brett Favre. When Brett Favre didn't get the money that he wanted, he decided to leave Green Bay and go to a rival team. I mean, he ended his career with Minnesota. Yes, he played for the Jets, but... He went to the rival team. He went to Minnesota. I mean, that is a huge slap in the face to Packer fans. And many, many Packer fans, including myself, were not happy with Far for many years. So, in a sense, I can understand if Boston fans were to get pissed off at Brady for leaving as well. Because they're going to look at him as just a paycheck player. You're just in it for the money, not for the love of us. And I understand that. But still, these are all just rumors. Nothing is set in stone. No comment has been made by Brady or New England. Nobody said anything. This is just something that Michael Wolverine was talking with somebody at the Super Bowl. And it was just a discussion that was up in the air. So nobody knows exactly what's going on. But let me tell you, that would be something really crazy to see. In video game news, Call of Duty Season 2 is here and now. It's out now. And with Call of Duty, you get the paddle pass, which is, it says it comes with two new weapons, the mobile assault rival, uh, growl 5.56 and the powerful SMG strike 45. Uh, they're unlocked at tier 15 and 31. You can also earn 300 COD points and cosmetics like calling cards and weapons charms. So that's going to be pretty cool there's also the the premium stuff that you can buy and it has the character ghost in it as well that comes with the premium as soon as you buy it and of course it comes with all the unlocks for all the other tiers and all the other weapon skins and things like that so definitely it should be a pretty cool a pretty cool season two for a lot of uh for a lot of call of duty fans so go ahead get on call of duty today go ahead and check out the new uh the new battle pass because it's out now that's it for the xander effect thank you so much for watching this special weekday report of the xander effect and stay tuned because you know what there will be more weekday reports coming in very soon in the next couple of days so make sure you uh, check out your local listings for that that's the news in case you haven't heard it we'll see you next time live it up
1: B. Taylor, Florida, live it up.
0: The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc, BMG, and Sony Music The Orchard in association with ART19 Media. Hi guys, thanks a lot for watching this episode of The Xander Effect. Now, if you like this video or any of my other videos, here's a couple right here. See, right here, right here. Go ahead and click on those to view some of my past videos, and make sure to subscribe, cause it's awesome. See you next time on the Xander Effect. Also, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram.